which I just learned. This is how uncool Hold I was. On. You just learned because I oh, told you. Oh, was it you? you? <laughs> it was me. What do you mean you just learned? <laughs> I someone told me this. Someone, someone, it was me. I'm Amanda Silver. And I'm Alex Howard. And this is Dirty Laundry. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am speaking at my alma mater graduation tomorrow. No way! Yeah, I'm so excited, yeah. (gasps) Oh my god, this is a big deal. It's cute. Well, it's my second year doing it. As the president of the alum association, I have this. I know I'm welcoming all the new grads into the alum community. Oh my gosh. See, when you tell me this, I I feel like I imagine you like in the Great Hall of Harry of Hogwarts. Oh cute, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like Professor McGonagall. Because like it's very Hogwarts like there. Did you have cloaks? No cloaks. No cloaks. No. No. Skirts. Kilts. Kilts. Yeah. So cute. So what I was going to tell you before was my experience at an engagement party recently. Sure. I was at an engagement party for a family member and I was being introduced to some people who have never met before, like a bit like of an older generation. So they were maybe in their mid sixties, let's say. Okay. And man and woman, whatever we're talking, she's like, oh, you have kids? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've got two kids. And then... And then she was asking me something about, you know, being married or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm divorced. Oh, no, honey. Don't worry. I was like, um, what? But like, it was like a pity. Yeah, so judgmental. And I feel like that happens a lot. All the time. To people who are going through divorce mm-hmm. or separation. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And like, yes, it is. It's not a pleasant thing. It's sure. not a positive thing. And I struggle with this myself when I do like, and we've talked about this before, when I do um, get told by other people, oh, that they're going through a separation, it's hard to know how to respond. Mm-hmm. Like, do you respond with like, I'm so sorry? Mm-hmm. Because you want to acknowledge that it is a, you know, yeah. really stressful thing in their life or, you know, how else? Well, I think it comes from a good place of being like, that's a struggle for you. You don't go into marriage hoping to get divorced. So it's not right. the outcome, let's say, that you wanted of your relationship. So I think for me, what I often tell people is don't lead with I'm sorry. Ask a question. How are you? What is your first reaction? Like if someone says, oh, you know, my wife and I just separated or my husband and I just separated. What are you going to say? How's it going? How are you doing? How are you handling things? How are you? It's not about me. It's not about my reaction. And it's certainly not about my pity. I think the default, though, my natural instinct is to be like, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. That's my that's my default. And even in the profession that we're in, even though yeah. I know you're, they're not always, maybe this is what they wanted and this is a good mm-hmm, thing for them and all mm-hmm. of those things, even still, I yeah. still feel like my default is, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's such a common and understandable reaction because, again, like that wasn't your intent in this relationship. Anything ending is difficult. Like, what's that line? This is the one that I love. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. So if you can get to that point of being on the other side of saying, this is better for us as a family, whether we're a family in two homes or not, as we're still a family unit, like we always are going to be tied if there's kids, right? You're always going to be tied to this person. So if what is best is for the two parents to not be together, then it's not an I'm sorry situation. It's like a woohoo, you got out of a shit relationship and now you're happy. I- I'm not saying lead with congratulations, <laughs> congratulations because it is a very emotional time. And you don't know how they're dealing with it. You don't know the terms of their separation. You so don't know. That's why you ask. How are you doing? Right? Because you don't know anything about not. it. And don't ask like to be gossipy. Ooh, ooh, did he cheat? Or did she fall in love with someone else? It's no one's business what happened. Exactly. Don't ask someone who's separating 
what happened. Unless it's like your, you know, immediate family, your brother, your but sister, whatever. They so, already know. Because if they're close to you, yeah, they should. If they know, they right. saw the if they on the don't wall. know yeah. already, then they exactly. don't have a right to ask. Exactly. I think that's a great. Yeah. That's a good bar. Yeah. 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 If you already don't know, if you're not, I don't have a close enough relationship with somebody. It's and you do, you're not entitled to the information. Then you're not entitled to the and info. Just, and I've told this to a lot of clients and friends who've mm-hmm. gone through separation, divorce. Just because somebody asks you what happened, mm-hmm. or who chose, or whose fault, or yeah. who made the decision, doesn't mean you need to give them the answer. And or this mean goes for, for life. Just because someone asks you a question does not mean you're obligated to answer. Mm-hmm. Right? How are you feeling? How are you doing? How- oh. Unless it's a judge and you're sitting in front you know, okay, of sure. court. Then you got to answer. <laughs> you know, if you don't want to answer someone's question, thank you for asking. I appreciate, you know, your thoughtfulness. I'm not into answering at this time or we're just keeping it amongst ourselves or that's a bit too personal for me yeah, like to discuss. Yeah, that's a bit too personal. Yeah. Set up boundaries. You know, rude. Boundaries. Just boundary setting, my favorite, which is a work in progress. Mm -hmm. I still struggle with it all of the time. Yeah. So speaking of divorce. Yes. Speaking of divorce. Today, it's just you and I. Yeah. Just us. I like it sometimes. I do too. It's so fun. We could just chat. Just sitting on the couch, having a chit chat. And we are chit chatting. About spousal support. Yeah. And this is a major point of contention and litigation and negotiation and in a divorce proceeding and I think also misconceptions galore yes and so much like our child support thank episode. you child support episode we're going to do a little bit of myth busting and it's one of the four main components of mm-hmm. a separation agreement so the first one we start off with is parenting the second one is child support then spousal then property and the reason why it's done in that order is because they all trickle down and affect the other Right? right. So parenting, parenting time affects child support. Child support affects spousal support. Let's get into it. Number one. Okay. Spousal support is indefinite. Okay. So incorrect. Yes. Myth number one is a myth for a reason. Yes. It is only indefinite when. So there are certain points, certain occasions when spousal support is indefinite. If the marriage was longer than 20 years, it's likely to be indefinite. It also follows the rule of 65. So the rule Mm -hmm. of 65 is if the age that you've separated at, your age, plus the length of your marriage equals 65, spousal support is indefinite. So what does that look like? Let's say Barb and Jim separated. Barb is 55. She's been a stay-at-home or she's had less of an income than Jim. Jim is responsible for supporting her. To what end? Well, let's look at how long they were married for. If they were married for, let's say, 15 years, you take 15 years plus her age 55, which equals 70. That's over 65. Spousal support is indefinite. Spectacular anecdote yes. and fast math. It is fast math. That was very <laughs> but also, good. And also, on the other side of it, for shorter marriages, there's a range so there's a range of how many years spousal mm-hmm. support is to be paid for. Mm-hmm. And it's a big range and that can be it negotiated. Is. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say is it is theoretically indefinite per your analogy. However, everything is negotiable. And in- if you were married for five years, you're not going to be paying spousal support for 20 years, yeah. right? You might be paying it for maybe, you know, two and a half to five years. Yeah. 
So it really depends on the length of the marriage. Yeah. I think that range exactly is even more so. So it, the range is for how long as well as how much, right? There's like a, a low, medium, and high yes. kind of range. Yes. And and that's actually a really nice framework because it does then offer a bit of structure around a negotiation in terms of like what is reasonable. Mm-hmm. But I think before we get any further, we should maybe talk a bit about entitlement. Yes. To spousal support in the yes. first place, right? Because it's not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. And different types of entitlement affect where you land in the range mm-hmm. and your sort of strength of your negotiation. Yeah. So there's compensatory and non-compensatory. Yeah. And we see non-compensatory often when there's no kids. So non-compensatory is basically just there's a big income difference. Yeah. And, you know, you've gotten used to the lifestyle of the other of the other person and you've mm-hmm. lived with them for many, many years mm-hmm. um, with their income and you're entitled to support. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's compensatory, which is you either, you know, you've had kids and you've given up your career opportunities yeah. to advance theirs. Yeah. So that sort of strengthens yeah. your entitlement to yeah. spousal. Or, and, and even if you didn't have kids, if you took a step back yeah. to support theirs... Right. Or you had to take a different job or you moved. Maybe you you moved moved for their career. Exactly. Exactly. So that's that's important to know the difference there. So good. Perfect. Number two, spousal support is not affected by child support. So that is a myth. So there's two determined. There's two types of formulas that are done with spousal support. There's the with child support formula and the without child support formula. So if you have kids together. The child support, you would be using the with child support formula. Mm-hmm. And child support takes precedent over the spousal. Right. So your spousal support would likely be decreased because an emphasis is put on the child support. So that's calculated first. And then, you know, you go to the spousal support. Right. And also section sevens can come into play where if someone is contributing a lot to section sevens, their spousal support contributions can be reduced as well. Yeah, because the goal of support payments is not to have the payer you know, be destitute and like living on the street, unable to afford even their own lifestyle because they're paying everything in child and spousal. Yes. And that, that brings me to the net income cap. Mm, Perfect. Great. Which is that the recipient of spousal should not be getting more than 50% of the net disposable income of the family. So you shouldn't be leaving the payer destitute or with less. Exactly. So they really take into account, Mm -hmm. you know, how much money the family has and try and equalize it. And I think important to add in here that we're all using calculators for this. Like there is a formula, there is technology that does this for us, for your lawyers, for your mediators, whomever you are um, having support you through your divorce and your separation. It's all a formula and we just plug in sort of the information, right? So marriage length, how old the kids are, all that sort of stuff, your own age, your income, et cetera. We plug in the info, it spits out the results. Yeah. According to the Spousal Support Advisory Guidelines yeah. or SAG. Exactly. Brilliant. All right. Myth number three. Spousal support must be paid monthly. So this is a good one. This is a great one. How spousal support is paid is so different mm-hmm. than child support. Mm-hmm. Child support, we don't lump sum. No. Nope. We can't really waive. It must be paid monthly. It must be paid monthly. It's pretty, you know, definitive of how much spousal support is different. It's very different. It's also different if you do your divorce inside versus outside of the court. Yes, it is. 
So when you are negotiating your spousal support payments, you know, the default is to periodic, which is, you know, monthly, right? Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the default, just like child support, you pay it on the first of the month and whatever. And that's what the judge will order if you do your divorce in court. Usually. If it's coming from a judge, you're going to be paying spousal support as well as child support monthly. However, sometimes in court, not as often, sometimes they will award a lump sum based on certain circumstances or a mixture of like a lump mm-hmm. sum and periodic. So like right. pay X amount up front and then the rest is monthly. Yeah. But when you're negotiating out of court, mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want. You, you can, can transfer RRSPs yeah. for spouse instead of spousal, right? That's a lump sum. Yep. Or stock shares or mm-hmm. a part of a condo or yeah. you keep them at home instead of paying the spousal. Like yep. There's so many ways of yep. paying it. And it's usually less than the full amount would be if you're doing lump sum. Yeah, I think that's a right? really good caveat. So if you're paying monthly, that monthly payment is likely going to be higher than if you added up all of those months and paid it in a lump sum mm-hmm. out of the gate. I think it's like 60 cents on the dollar yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. Like Because you're, you're getting all your money up front, right? Because don't forget, if somebody's paying you monthly and then unfortunately they lose their job, you're no longer getting that monthly payment. So there is something to be said about taking it up front, kind of taking right. your money and run, which means you will get theoretically a titch less, but you're getting it straight away. So then you have options, let's say, of investing or purchasing a home or, you know, or, or some sort of um, dwelling, if you will. Right. So the benefit for the payer is that they're yes. paying a little bit less because mm-hmm. they're paying it in lump sum. And the yeah. benefit for the recipient is that they are getting a lump sum and they can do more yeah. with that. Exactly. Um, it's guaranteed money. And the tax implications are also an issue. This is exactly what I was just going to say. Yeah. So it is neither tax deductible nor nor tax. taxed taxable versus periodic, which is which periodic. Is. You consider it income. Right. So which is another reason to go for a lump sum. Also, um, which is a pro or a con, depending on what area you're coming from, Mm -hmm. the periodic can be up for review. So just like child support, Mm -hmm. you can come back in a year and say, you know, I want to see the the financials. I want to see your NOA for last year. I think spousal support should be more. I think spousal support should be less. And this is sort of a gamble because you can either say, okay, I'm going to take a lump sum now based on what the income is now. What if their income goes up? Yeah. Well, or go down. You're out of luck. What if it goes down? Well, there you go. So yeah. it's kind of like, do you want to the devil you know versus the devil exactly. you don't? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think that's yeah. a perfect explanation. I think lump sum is also a great idea if you can do it because you are reducing the conflict going forward. You're done. You're with that part of your yeah. life. It's it's done, and one person has more of a nest egg. You don't have to keep negotiating. Reduce the amount of negotiations going forward. You're going to have to do it for child support. If they're kids, you have to do an annual review. If there's one less thing to fight over. And just walk away from it with whatever it is that you're walking away with. Yeah. Yeah. Myth number four. The spousal support payer and the child support payer are always the same person. So this one is interesting. Because one would think that the payer and the recipient are always the same person, but it's not always the case. So tell us why. I'll tell you why. Spousal support is based on, you know, income and entitlements. Child support is based more on parenting time, Mm -hmm. right? So you may have a situation, let's say. Yeah, give us an anecdote. So let's say Jill and Bob have two kids and they've been married for 10 years and they separate. And Jill has been the higher income earner. Yeah. So she will be paying Bob a certain amount of spousal spousal support. But let's say 
Jill is also going to be the primary parent. So she's having the kids, you know, 60%, 70% of the time. Mm-hmm. That means that Bob is now paying child support. Yeah. So the child support payer and the spousal support payer are two different people. Correct. They can then arrange for an offset if they want. So, but essentially it's not, it's not the same. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. That one's tricky. You always assume the person who has more money is paying all of the ways. Right. Bob might not be paying a lot. Yeah. But he might be paying something. Exactly. This is our fifth and final myth. All right. So this is about common law, which is such a tricky Mickey because it's very similar, but it's so nuanced. So let's bust this myth. Common law partners are not entitled to spousal support. So that's not true. Incorrect. If you are living together for a period of three years or longer, you're considered spouses under the law and spousal support does apply. Yep. If there's a child involved, I believe it can happen earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but just because you're not married doesn't mean you're not a spouse. Exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, that one was there easy you go. breeze. Maybe it was easy. <laughs> yeah. We're such experts <laughs> at spousal support. <laughs> yeah, I think when I... Th- when I think spousal support, I think duration, mm-hmm. I think um, amount, mm-hmm. and then I think how is it being paid. Yeah, so in the amount, you mentioned it earlier, Alex, about low, medium, and mm-hmm. high. Yeah. And that could be a big range. Definitely. And so in negotiations, you know, I will often say to my clients, you know, if go back to your lawyer, talk about where you fall mm-hmm. within your spousal support entitlement. Like I might have a client who, you know, their lawyer says, no, they're in the high range because they've been a stay-at-home parent for 20 years. You know, husband's making X amount of money. It's a very strong compensatory claim. Yeah. Or maybe it's on the low end because their incomes haven't been that different mm-hmm. and they haven't been married that long. Yeah. So there's there's room. There's yeah. room to negotiate. Yeah. And it is a negotiation. And there's, I mean, you know, child support, not as negotiable. And in separation and divorce, and often if we're if we're taking more of a litigious route, it is a bit more black and white. Again, this is why we love mediation, is because there is room to come to the table with sort of out of the box creative ideas to find that sort of equalization to ensure that everyone is walking away taken care of mm-hmm. and you know financially secure and the kids are looked after. But it is a negotiation. Yeah, I've had clients who say, you know what, the lump sum amount is too much for me. Yeah. But I'm going to do a partial lump sum now. Mm -hmm. And then the rest, the balance of it will be in the form of periodic. And you can do that. Yeah. And so if you are in a position to do a sort of tit for tat negotiation, it also helps de-escalate a lot of the conflict. And if you need help, the certified divorce financial analysts are great. Mm -hmm. Like they're able to say like, okay... Here's your net family property statement. If we move this one, this over to this side or this account to this side or RRSPs, like they can do all that. And And much like a mediator, they work for both parties. Yeah. They're they're just looking at the finances. They're working for the family unit as a whole. And so it's not about, you know, as your lawyer is trying to defend and, and ensure that they are taking care of their one client. This is a bit more of a sort of holistic approach where they're looking at the family finances individually and as a whole like you can get one to you can each have your own CDFA, absolutely but you don't trust them sure, but it's but nice if you have one that works together gets all the financial financials and just plugs yeah. out what everything's going to be yeah exactly yeah. awesome great great
Okay, we have a question. DM on the DL. Dun, dun. I, don't know, I don't know why I was thinking. It was a, that was your, <laughs> that your was law, law and order, order jingle. Um, Samantha writes, I've registered with the FRO for child support payments after listening to your episode oh. on child support. Yeah, I'm glad that we could help. And have a question about spousal support. Oh, perfect for our episode. Does the FRO help go after your ex if they're not paying spousal? Yes. Yeah, so the short answer is yes. But I think also really important to note, we kind of alluded to it earlier, but child support will always trump spousal support. So, for example, if your partner or ex-partner is struggling to pay both, child support will come first. Mm-hmm. And then there's recourse, obviously, you know, for spousal support. But yes, the, the Family Responsibility Office will support you in getting all of your payments. However... They prioritize child support first. Exactly. Okay, that's it for us. We're signing out. This episode was written and created by Alex Howard and Amanda Silver. Produced, edited, and engineered by Mela. Make sure to rate and review our show and give us a follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts to stay up to date on all upcoming episodes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.